Welcome to this week's episode of London Heal. I am your host, Tatiana Kazesnov. I'm absolutely delighted to have as my guest this week, Andrea Yersley. Andrea is an RTT, a rapid transformational therapist, a clinical hypnotherapist and a coach. But what's particularly interesting about Andrea is her specialty, and that is infertility. Now, we know that this is a problem that's growing, um, partly to do with a lot of ladies choosing to have families later on in life. There's a myriad of reasons for why this might be. And we're going to explore how Andrea uses her techniques, non-invasive techniques, to support women who are struggling to grow their families or start their families. And we'll talk about more about that in detail. Andrea was actually a television producer for 15 years. And in her late 30s, she wanted to have a baby. And after eight years of fertility treatment, she finally managed to succeed with that goal, had a beautiful baby girl. In fact, now I think you have two baby girls. Is that right? Or two girls? And noticed during her fertility treatment that there was no real attention being paid to the role of mindset in familiarity. And she also remembered how stressful she found the experience. And that was one of the prompts for wanting to retrain as an RTT therapist and coach. So, Andrea, welcome. And loving the opportunity for you to present um, and tell us a little bit about Pebble Fertility. The name, I just think, is just so adorable. Um, so tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you've ended up where you are today. Well, morning. <laughs> Good morning. Um, well, basically, as you said, I had my own fertility journey. Um, eight years, four IVFs, I think it was three IUIs. Um, and all the way through the journey, nobody ever asked me what my nutrition was like, what my routine was like how confident I felt about having a baby. It was literally just about the medical side, but they couldn't find anything wrong. I had, as many, many women have nowadays, what's called unexplained fertility, which means they know that you're you're not getting pregnant, but they don't know why. So you haven't got blocked fallopian tubes. They just don't know. They can't put their finger on it. And I was very lucky. I actually eventually did have two daughters um, by Donor Egg. But the experience really, really struck me because I felt there was a real lack of support. And I didn't feel that this was the best way to approach things, which is why I decided to retrain. Because the thing is, fertility is not as simple as just the body. The mind plays a massive role in whether or not you manage to get pregnant and also carry it all the way through to a successful birth. And this isn't really touched on. And there's lots and lots of women who have um, infertility. They immediately think, oh, IVF is, a, is the answer. If I go for IVF, I'll have a baby. It's like the, the cure all for everything. And actually, there's an awful lot of steps that really I personally feel that people need to look at before they go down to the IVF route. And it's not that IVF doesn't work. In many cases, it does work, but it's not, it's not suitable for everything. It doesn't cure everything. If you have blocked fallopian tubes, yes, it's gonna, it's gonna make a massive difference, obviously. But there are lots of things that can affect your fertility that it's not gonna help with. And the tendency is that women get into this fertility kind of journey. They start the IVF. 
it doesn't work, and they suddenly think, oh, my goodness, I can't get pregnant. And then that, that seeds this doubt into their mind that think it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And then this natural part of them, which wants to protect them from being hurt, starts to tell them, well, if you don't really think it's going to work, it's not going to be as bad when it doesn't. Which I completely understand why people feel like that. But actually, that's completely the wrong way to approach it because you need to be really, really positive really, really positive. I mean, it is no surprise that when people are going for adoption, adoption agencies ask them, in fact, insist that they take um, precautions against getting pregnant because it is really not uncommon for women to get pregnant, even if they've been told, no, you, you know, you can't have you can't have children. I mean, there are so many cases of women who either during the um, adoption process got pregnant or got their baby, their child, a few months later, oh, I'm pregnant, and then went on to have, you know, two or three children. That is no surprise because actually what happened is that, first of all, they relaxed, and secondly, they could see themselves becoming a mother, and this is absolutely key, seeing themselves become a mother because they knew they'd been accepted, they were on the adoption list, it was going to happen. Now, when you're going to fertility, one of the fertility issues, one of the big problems is people don't know. So if I could turn to somebody and say, I can categorically guarantee, because I can see into the future, that in three years you are going to have a baby, then huge amounts of stress would be gone. And they would probably be fine with the three-year wait because they knew it would happen. But the problem is because they don't know, that causes stress and that causes doubt and all those doubts and those feelings of, I don't want to get my hopes up and all their friends saying, oh, well, you know, there's only a small 25% chance or you're getting older and all this stuff from the media, it all kind of filters in and filters in. And, and actually kind of what happens is that their positivity goes from the first IVF round when they probably felt really great, like this is going to work, then they get absolutely knocked for six completely not for six and they're on the floor because they thought it was going to work the first one and then when the first one doesn't work and then when the doctors say maybe IVF isn't for you we'll try IUI they completely kind of lose hope they keep going but they're inside they don't believe and what I do is I work with women to two things first of all first of all to help them get pregnant but also and just as importantly is to relieve the stress from the whole situation because the journey is incredibly stressful yeah. and relieving a lot of that stress can make the difference. So I work with the mind um, because the mind works with words and pictures. Everything that you say kind of sinks in. Your subconscious mind takes little bits, things that people have been said to you, and this can cause problems. Right. I, I have personal experience of people in my, in my group of friends who've, who've had exactly that journey. In fact, one of them had a, had a, a treat, a, a, I think an appointment booked at an IVF clinic and was told by the treating consultant, you don't need my help anymore. Just, just having made the appointment was enough to get rid of that stress. So, um, what kind of, what kind of clients are you seeing? Um, are they, is, 
is there an age issue? I mean, we all know the older you get, the more difficult it becomes. And I, and I have the feeling that a lot of women are caught in this terrible double bind at the moment, which is if I don't have my children early, then I'm going to be judged as not being committed to my career. But then as soon as you make the decision to have your children a bit later in life, you're then also <laughs> damned by everybody around you because you've left it too late. So um, are you seeing both kinds of women um, coming to the clinic who are having fertility problems or is it just primarily the ones later? Are you seeing stress, stressed younger women too? I am. Yes, I am. Generally, I would say the majority of my clients fall between the ages of about 27 and 46. Um, but the way we live today is a is actually a massive problem because it really creates stress. And stress affects your hormones. It literally affects your hormones. And in, day, in today's society, women are relying a lot on testosterone to get them through the day. Um, and that is not what, that's not meant, I mean, we have testosterone, but we have a fraction of the amount that men have for a very good reason. Um, but what happens is that when we're in what our mind perceives as stressful situations, which could well be work, traffic, life, it responds exactly the same way as it would as if we're being chased by a lion. It, our mind hasn't really changed that much. And it gives us a shot of a hormone that is literally going to be able to enable us to have superpowers straight away, which is testosterone. But the thing is, the problems that we have today are not like a lion. They are unlikely to kill us. But we, our minds don't know that, and it still responds that way. And if you're getting, if your body is being flooded by testosterone and also cortisol, which is what happens for women because we haven't got the amount of testosterone, that can unbalance your hormones. So I am seeing younger women coming who are stressed, who are really, really stressed, and that is affecting their hormones. And I see a lot of women with hormonal problems, just imbalances. So they're coming and they're having maybe their womb lining isn't thickening up enough. Um, everything is just a bit out of kilter. Um, and that is not the place that you need to be when you're trying for a baby. And on top of all of this, so they start trying and then they got, get bombarded by all the information from the media and actually the clinics themselves saying, oh, you've left it late or you've only got this chance. Um, and that, it just ramps up all that stress when really what we need to be doing is taking that all down and allowing the hormones to work in the way that they are meant to work without flooding the body with these stress hormones, which really do us no good whatsoever. They're okay for 15 minutes. That's, their, that's what they're meant for. Get us out of immediate danger, but they're not a place to live from. And I, and just the whole way society is set up means that women are more and more relying on those stress hormones. And that is, is creating a, a massive, a massive problem. Right. Absolutely. So we have sort of like the, also the problem that a lot of younger women are spending so much time and energy and stress not getting pregnant. And then 
spending just as much time and energy as stress trying to get pregnant. So um, what's your, how do you help these women? Well, basically the way it works is our subconscious mind is designed to basically keep us alive. Okay, so it moves us away from pain towards pleasure because generally things that are painful are things that are going to harm us. So when at 18 we go, oh, my God, if I got pregnant, my father would kill me or it would wreck my career or it would be the end of my life. It would be the worst thing ever. Our subconscious picks up on that and goes, oh, okay, then right, that, that ain't happening then. But, of course, what was right for you when you were 16, 17, 18 is not necessarily the same as when you're in your 30s. I mean, it's a bit like our computers. We update our computers with the latest software that suits our lives and the programs that we're running now. If we try to run, you know, for example, Word on a computer that had the software from 1991, that's not going to work. And that's kind of like our brains. As we grow... We need to develop, but sometimes there's like little programs that are stuck back in there. And very much like a computer, if you know how to go into all the hidden files, uninstall things and move around, you might be able to fix it. But if you don't know how to get in there, there's not an awful lot you can do. And what hypnosis does, it allows you effectively to get in there, to find out what the program was that was installed, find out why there's a bit of your mind that thinks it's a good idea, to keep it there because there is always a bit of your mind that thinks that it's helping you, that this is what you want. And then we can release that bit of the mind and say to that bit of the mind, no, actually we've moved on. Things are different now. And it's literally like clearing away a block. I mean, I've, I had um, a client come into me, for example, and she'd had, um, she'd had a baby and She'd found it difficult, as lots of new mums do. And during the first three months, you know, she's saying how tired she was and how difficult it was. Her mother had said to her, well, you better not have another one, but you'd never cope. And this just sunk back, and she wasn't really even aware of it. But then, you know, four years down the line, she'd been trying for three years to have a sibling, no luck, you know, just couldn't get pregnant. And then she came to me and when I regressed her, we went right back to that scene. And she was like, oh. And then under hypnosis, we unpicked it all about the fact that actually, you know, she would be able to cope where she would find support, et cetera, et cetera. Six weeks later, she was pregnant. What a great story. Yeah. I mean, these blocks. And, and the, the thing is, I think people think that, um, under the impression that, first of all, it needs to be a major, major incident that's happened. That is completely untrue. I mean, occasionally it is, but a lot of the time it's kind of, it's almost things that have gone under the radar because they weren't massive, so you've not noticed. Um, and they are, because they've gone under the radar and you're not aware of them, that's why the problem is. Right. You know, occasionally it's a, a bigger situation, um, and sometimes the clients actually know what it is, but they can't shift it. They don't know how to shift it. They know how they're feeling, but they don't know how to shift it because they don't really know where that feeling started. So what we do is we go right back to when that first seed was planted. 
and then we pull that seed out. And then the way I think of it is I describe the mind rather like a big forest with footpaths that people have been walking for years. And those are the neural pathways of thoughts that we continually have. And what we do in a session is we go in and we kind of like hack new pathways. And then I give my clients a recording that they have to live, listen to for at least 21 days, which is basically the, the equivalent of walking backwards and forwards down the pathway to make sure it doesn't grow over again. Because as you know, if you went into a forest and you hacked a pathway or through a jungle and then you left it, it would grow over. You have to go backwards and forwards a while to kind of like cement it. So the way I work with my clients, I kind of take um, a holistic point of view. I look at the mind to see if there's any blocks. Um, I look at if there's any reasons that they're unaware of that they may not actually want to get pregnant. So even though they think they want a baby, sometimes there's a little bit of them that's going, yeah, but it might upset the apple cart with your career. And they kind of need to deal with that. And then I also have a really, really good look at um, their general health to make sure that they are eating the right stuff, that they are removing chemicals from their, um, just as many chemicals as possible, kind of stripping stuff back. And then I check there aren't any other issues that need looking at. I have a nutritionist that I work with that I send clients to sometimes if I think they need the extra support. Uh, and then I give my clients exercises to, so once I've had this session, I send them exercises to work on to actually build that belief and that understanding that it is possible for them to have a baby and to move them forward from where they were. You touched on <clears throat> something very interesting there, which I think, um, I mean, it, it's kind of clear to understand somebody who actively even they may not be aware of it, but still actively is concerned about pregnancy when they're young. And you can see why that would affect them when they were old. You can also understand the anxieties um, uh, going around an IVF treatment and how that's stressful. But there's also a lot of cases of unexplained infertility where the thought patterns or the belief systems have absolutely nothing to do with actually conceiving a child, but they're still getting in the way. Can you, can you address that a little bit? Sort of like the idea that, you know, you may go and see Andrea with infertility, but actually that's, that's really not where the problem is. Um, unpick that a little bit for me. What, what sort of things do you see where, where you would be surprised what, what is actually sitting behind an unexplained infertility? Well, um, I had, um, this is an example. Um, I had a lady, um, that came to me and she kept, um, miscarrying at four weeks, four, five weeks. She got pregnant, very, very easy, miscarry, get pregnant, miscarry. And she was young. And, um, and when I regressed her, it was really, really interesting because actually what was holding her back, was that um, just before she got married, her husband-to-be um, told her that he had in the past used pornography. And she, came, she was a, a quite religious lady. And she just went into, had gone into a complete tailspin as the maybe he wasn't the right type of man to be a father because he wasn't trustworthy. 
is she had no idea that this was affecting her. Absolutely no idea. And when we regressed her, it went back to the scenes and we kind of like worked through it. And, and you know, we talked about the fact under hypnosis, so really slipping under the conscious mind, but we talked about the fact that actually she hadn't discovered he'd used pornography. He had told her because he wanted to be 100% honest with her before they got married. Which actually, if you reframe it, is a really good thing. And hey, you know, he's a young man. I think probably most young men at some point in their life have, you know, and everybody makes mistakes. And once she reframed that and she'd realized that this, this fear that he wasn't a suitable father was literally stopping her from having a baby. And I think it was a couple of months later, she was pregnant. And of course, she was very worried that she would lose it at four weeks. So we did a lot of work on like, no, it's, you know, your hormones are good. Uh, your body will um, support the pregnancy. You'll carry this pregnancy right through healthy pregnancy to nine months and have a healthy baby. She's got an absolute gorgeous baby now. Um, she sent me a photo um, about six months ago, uh, a couple of days after her baby was born. But that, I mean, she was really, really surprised because she had no idea that that was what was sitting behind um, the problem for her conceiving. It was, it was a fear that her husband wasn't a suitable father and that she'd made a big mistake. And, and also that if she could make such a big mistake with that, was she suitable to be a mum. And then, you know, it's quite common to come up with people that for whatever reason, things have happened, they don't feel that they deserve, they may have done something in the past that they regret. And they feel that they don't actually deserve to be a mum. And they almost take the infertility as a punishment, um, that they've been punished for what they did in the past. But... Yeah, the, there's no point in living if if we were if we came onto this planet as perfect and we never made a mistake. Really, what would be the point of living? Right. That we're here to learn to grow, and in order to learn and grow, we make mistakes, and we have to forgive ourselves and go okay. And I think as long as we're not going to make the same mistake again, 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 and we're going to learn from it, then we can just let go of it and say, well, that was a learning experience. And I think I have quite a few clients who who come with that quite a lot of baggage. And, and afterwards, they, feel, they say that they feel like different people, that it's not just affected the fertility journey. It's actually um, changed them as a person. That mm. they can't be able to love themselves, to feel. And, and I get a lot of women saying, my, my husband or my partner is just like, like, you're really different in a really positive way now, which is lovely. It's just lovely to hear. Yeah, they'll certainly make much better mummies that way too, right? I mean, positive mums make positive, happy babies. Exactly. I mean, I always say that the, the, probably the biggest curse for a baby would be to have a mum that's perfect. Because how would you ever live up to that? Yeah, not ever. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Very good point. So um, 
we've we've talked a lot about unexplained fertility um i mean obviously there are there are a serious number of medical issues which which perhaps a hypnotherapy based um um approach is is not going to help but they're relatively few and far between um thankfully at what point would you recommend um a woman comes to you for help for example um once you've actually got to having an appointment with an IVF doctor you're you're pretty far down the road already of understanding that you may have an infertility problem is it even too early to say well we're just about to start having a family no idea if it's going to work but let's optimize you know at what point is is the optimum point to come in and and start helping yourself with a good therapist well i would say give it a go naturally first i mean i you know just from a just from a cost perspective right um i wouldn't say to somebody well you're going to have a baby just come in just in case <laughs> i would say to somebody um well because they start with all of their vitamins and minerals and things you should well, anyway <laughs> so uh, yeah i think the first thing that they should do is um look at their diet look at vitamins and minerals, get themselves in a really healthy place. So ideally stopping smoking, ideally having a look at weight, ideally looking at your drinking. Those are all things that we know impact fertility. Um, But I would say if somebody's been trying for a a year and they haven't got pregnant, um, I think at that point, rather than going straight down the IVF route, um, which can be exceedingly expensive, um, it's worth coming in for several reasons. You don't want to have pile yourself full of drugs if you don't need to. Although, obviously, in some occasions that does make a big difference. But I think it's definitely worth coming to see if you have any blocks, actually just getting yourself into the peak physical condition. But also, really importantly, Having the tools to support yourself. Because I think going straight into the, to a fertility clinic and going right through the IVF and everything and then coming, you may well have already had some knocks. So I would say if it was a friend of mine saying, what do you think? I'd say, well, give it a year. Give it a year of just non-pressurized trying. And then if it doesn't happen, at that point, I would think about having a look at RTT or hypnotherapy. And, you know, one of the things I would say is that with, especially with women today, there's a great desire to take control. Um, and then these kind of like ovulation sticks that you can have to find out when you're ovulating and that. Now, on, on one hand, they can be quite useful, but you see, the problem with them is that it takes a spontaneity out of lovemaking. And it kind of comes like, right, we need to do it now. (laughs) Um, And then it can be very difficult for men to perform. Women can feel under a lot of stress. And actually, a lot of times it means that the sex actually isn't happening. So Mm. I would say for the first year, rather than trying to grab control and getting those ovulation sticks and finding out when and saying, right, we're doing it now, just try to relax into having a healthy sex life and enjoying it. Enjoying a healthy sex life, looking after yourself, not stressing overly. I would always say that's the first step. 
because I have so many women who, because um, before I will see a client, I send them a very detailed questionnaire that I liked them to fill in because I like to see exactly where they are, the hormone tests, what they've had done, you know, what their next plans are, their next step, etc. because that gives me a lot of information as to what is the best way to work with them. And so many women say, actually, the sex life is really impacted. Um, I'm using ovulation strips. And when I say it's time to have sex, my partner or my husband just goes, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of understandable. Completely. Completely. Yeah. But it's, I don't think it's ever too... I mean, if somebody came to me, I recently had somebody who came to me who was due to go through the IVF in like a couple of weeks. And I, I said to her, contact me if this is not successful, because I think you need time to embed it. And I said, you know, I don't want you, I think it'd be better for you to go through the treatment. Good luck. I hope it goes really well for you. If you don't get a positive result, come back to me and then we will start working with you. But I like to give it a bit of a run up. Right. Because I think you, you need the time to take on in, all the in, information, to settle the new thoughts. It takes a little bit of time to work. So I'm not keen on working with people with just a couple of weeks. I normally will say, uh, no, that, that doesn't give you enough time in my, my belief to actually settle everything in, which I think is really, really important. So um, what you do then can, can very much um, also support somebody who's who's elected to go down the IVF route, um, maybe without any previous experience of whether it's going to work or not. But but um, the therapy can work as a really positive support to anybody going down that route. Yes, I mean because because I found it so difficult, and you know you go to the IVF clinics and um, and, and clinics vary. I mean there are some fantastic ones and some not not as great ones. Um, but they do kind of give you a leaflet, kind of go, here you go, you can have counselling and it might be a good idea, but that's about it. And I, I offer unlimited support to my clients, which means that they know that they can call me. Um, and they know that um, they can email me and I can give them suggestions and I'll talk them through things. Or if they don't, because sometimes the doctors, I think, forget that the women... When you're in that situation, you go into a appointment with the doctor and often you don't really hear what they say because there's so much information flying at you and your mind is working really fast thinking, what does it mean? What's he saying? And then you come out and he said some things that you don't really understand, but maybe you didn't really want to ask because they're always under a lot of pressure and there's big queues and waiting to see people. And I think it really helps to have somebody that they can say, well, the doctor said this, um, yeah, and this is what happened and to have somebody who can kind of help guide you through actually what, what the doctor was saying because obviously because I specialize in fertility and also because I've been through fertility and I'm always looking at the new researchers coming out and new procedures I have a much better understanding of the terminology the procedures than probably most people right that are going through. And I think that can be really helpful for them because, you know, lots of women have said to me, I love working with you because I know you've been through it. So you kind of really know how it feels. Yeah. I think that that degree of empathy is actually really very special. I mean, cause I think it is quite a unique, it's quite a unique um, 
place to be. What about, um, we've talked a lot about unexplained um, infertility. What about if there is a, a medical problem? Is it then out of your hands or can you still help and support women who actually do have an understandable or recognizable medical issue behind it and are perhaps undergoing treatment for that or trying to, to overcome it if at all possible? Can you, is, does your type of therapy help them too? It does depend on what the issue is. Of course. It can always help. It can always help with the actual uh, the stress of the situation. Um, it's great at actually getting, giving people the tools to be able to deal with things, to feel positive about their, about their future, about the possibilities, to open their mind up as well. Because sometimes people have kind of like a fixed idea of what they're going to do. And actually, if they open their minds up to other possibilities – Sometimes they end up, up on a path that they didn't really expect to be on, but actually that's the one that works for them. Um, but also I do uh, what's called cell command therapy, um, which is working. Basically every cell has a memory. There's a thing called cellular memory and you can reactivate that memory of when the body was working correctly. So if there's a hormonal problem, I can work with hormonal problems. If there's a problem with the thickening of, of um, the lining of the uterus, those type of issues that you might know about. Also, when there's an issue with the partner's sperm, um, there are things that we can do to help support a partner's sperm. If you've got a situation where the sperm really is really, really sub-quality um, and the eggs are coming up sub-quality, uh, I would probably suggest to a client that we worked on the stress of the situation, um, but that actually the that would be the best that we I would be able to help them with. And that's why I really look, that's why I ask for so much information mm-hmm. because I like to see, I don't, what I don't want to do is take on a client that I don't feel my skills will help. So that's why I ask for so much information about what hormone tests they've had, um, what investigations they've had, what the doctors have said, exactly what they've said, so I can have a really good idea of where we can help. Really? For example, if, it, if it's blocked fallopian tubes, you're going to need IVF. Clearly, yeah. You know, really. Um, but there are a lot of there are a lot of medical conditions that reduce the chances of you getting pregnant but they don't rule them out and it's 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 kind of like a balancing act mm-hmm. so everything that we can do is in um increase the positivity look at the um the general health of the client look at their stress levels all these things are tipping the balance more in their favor right so i think it's a case of in in some cases it's like you just tip it a little bit and that is enough. Because ultimately they only actually need one really good sperm, one really good egg. You know, the people get really um, caught up in this idea that you need loads and loads and loads. Actually, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
and that in itself is an interesting point. So um, you, you talked about that in terms of the sperm, but can you help the men too? Because we know that um, male infertility is also dramatically on the rise, equally perhaps as unexplained as, as in women. So do you, are you getting increasing number of male clients or are your ladies dragging their partners in with them? It's normally women bringing partners. <laughs> to be honest, it's normally, it's normally women um, bringing partners. And when, and that's the thing is when I look at, at their notes and I say, one of the questions is, has your partner's sperm been tested? What was the results? And that's when I click. And sometimes I will say, you know, if there's, if, if the sperm quality is like, okay, but it's not great. I will always say, look, you know, there are lots of things that your partner can do. And I will look at their diet because a lot of it has got to do with really simple changes, really simple changes that again, they don't really talk about at fertility clinics, like not wearing tight underwear, <laughs> not putting your laptop on directly onto your lap but putting it on something to keep the heat away um, because the testes need to be kept cool. Uh, and then there's also the stress because men find it very difficult to talk about. Well, that's a bit of a generalization, but often men find it difficult to talk and they hold it all inside because that they are less likely to go to their peers and say, I'm having a problem getting my wife pregnant. Right. Whereas a woman might actually go to her friend saying, I'm trying to get pregnant, it's not working. Men, I think, are less. They don't kind of, and so their stress can build up and that's not going to help them. So I kind of look at um, their nutrition to make sure that they're getting everything they need, um, but also making sure that they're not doing any things that we know are not good for fertility for male, for male sperm. And then working with their stress levels and their belief and telling their mind that they are producing the best, super fast, crack SAS <laughs> that are going to head straight for that egg and penetrate it. It's a sort of thought I think most men would be very happy to entertain. <laughs> yes. Yes, although I have to say, uh, my husband once walked in on me making recording for someone and, and his eyebrows shot up when he could hear what I was saying. <laughs> but yeah, I think whatever, think, whatever works, right? Yes, yes. And it does make a difference. That's the thing. It, it does. really does make a difference. What actually um, made you choose uh, rapid transformational therapy as a as a modality to practice? There would have been a lot of very different psychotherapy or talk therapy type approaches. What what was it about this approach that makes you so um, interested in it and 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 that makes you find it so effective? Well, when I was going through my own fertility journey, I had some hypnotherapy, which was very helpful in relieving stress um, and. It was very helpful, but there was no regression with it. And now I know personally that I, ha I had a fixated idea that I wouldn't be able to have a baby um, because I was too old and I'd left it too late. Um, and I believe that, I honestly believe that if I'd had rapid transformational therapy, that belief would have been uncovered and dealt with. Um, but as it was, I had hypnotherapy, which was um, 
it didn't involve any regression. So although it really helped with the stress of the situation, it didn't actually turn that corner for me. And I ended up using donor eggs. Um, but whilst I was still working in television, um, I'd had my first baby and it was not long after and I'd gone back and I was working on a big BBC series. And um, as many new mums, I'm sure will appreciate, uh, sometimes you lose a bit of confidence when you go back into the work, you've been out for a bit, you know, you've got a baby waking up in the middle of the night. And I was having to write a script to a deadline. And um, I started really struggling. And I got into a complete um, tailspin where I was literally staring at my screen and I was unable to function. I couldn't write anything. And, and all that was going through my head was like an incantation that was like, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't write, I've got writer's block. And I was completely stressed. And I contacted a friend of mine who I knew had trained as a hypnotherapist. And I asked her, I sent her a text, I think it was two o'clock in the morning, which shows you how stressed I was, literally going, help! Yeah, I cannot function. I literally cannot function to the point where every time I tried to write the script, I threw up. That's how stressed I was. And she sent me a link to Marissa Peer and to a particular workshop that Marissa had done that you could join in with, and it was online. And it was rejection proof, which was quite handy because this was obviously the, the root of this issue was that I was worried that I was going to fail and this, the script would be rejected. I listened to it at, I think it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, so it takes you through hypnosis, there's some regression. I, I, I did it. And I literally was like a different person in the morning. Completely. I walked back into the edit suite. I sat down, started writing, banged out the script. Bye. And I realized how incredibly powerful it was. Right. And that's when I was like, this, this is awesome. And I'd been interested in hypnotherapy for about 20 years and I had books in it. And it, I'd always been interested um, because I've always been interested, even in television, what interested me was seeing how people's minds work. Um, I was in documentary. And so I've always had an interest in it. And I always knew that it was effective, but not like this. This was completely something else. And I just knew like this, because I had actually looked about two years previously, I'd looked at training in hypnotherapy, but I just not felt that I'd found the right person. Mm -hmm. And when I, I did this and I could just say, I categorically know because I knew what a, what a complete basket case I was. And then I literally, it was like a different person. Right. So I knew that it, it was, deeply deeply powerful stuff so that's that's why i decided that this was the um this was a training for me great now obviously these things are really kind of hard to evaluate because the people that come through your door are, are either very desperate or certainly open to to this avenue of therapy otherwise they wouldn't be there so perhaps the group of people that you're dealing with is a little biased to start off with but you know, 
the litmus test for all of these kind of therapies is what's your success rate. So I know that's hard to quantify, um, especially in a in a practice set practice setting. The problem with statistics is that they can pretty much say anything. And everybody is an individual person with an individual case. And just like you wouldn't go into a hospital and then take kind of like look at everybody in A&E and then see what your chances were of being fixed depending on what everybody else's chances were because you're all very different. It's kind of the same with fertility. And so I'm now beginning to categorize things. I'm just looking at clients and pulling up info to kind of put people more into rough age groups. Um, but statistics are always a really difficult thing to tackle because I have a lot of women that come to me and they've had a lot of treatment already. Mm-hmm. And they are actually quite far down the line. Um, but when you look at, for example, when you look at the statistics from the fertility clinics, first of all, when people look at them, they kind of, they think, oh, if it says I've got 25% chance, that means 25% chance. But actually what they're looking at is they're saying this many um, live births per embryos put in. But what they don't explain is that there'll be quite a lot of women who were treated who never got that to that stage. Right. Right. And they've just dumped that bit off. And also they're quite selective about who they take. So at a certain point, they will actually say to people, um, you'd be better off going for donor egg or no, that's an age cutoff because they, they don't want to affect their statistics. Um, but most of my clients, I would say, um, I have a few clients who come fairly early on, but most of them have actually been through two or three rounds of IVF already and are kind of like I don't know what else to try so I'm just going to try anything now mm-hmm. um, and so yeah it, it's a good it's a good success rate but obviously it doesn't work it does you know I'd be lying if I could I would never say to a client I can definitely get you pregnant because I can't promise that. I do, yeah, but I don't think anybody can. I mean, the medical profession certainly can't make that promise, you know, so. Uh... No, but what I can say to my clients is that I will definitely make the journey easier and I will increase your chances of getting pregnant. Yeah, and as you said, um, presumably also impart some general life-changing strategies as well. So it's a, a win-win situation. Yes. And I can't believe it, but our time is almost over. Um, is there anything particularly that you would like to impart as a, as a take home message for, for ladies out there listening to this who are thinking about maybe getting in touch with you, um, or another RTT therapist to look at, um, infertility? What, what would be your pearls of wisdom to them? What I would say is although probably every instinct tells you not to get your hopes up because you might be disappointed. You've got to go against that. You have to take control of your mind and convince yourself. Because the thing is, the mind cannot tell the difference between truth and fiction. It really can't. Uh, and so if you can do things like create a baby board with pictures of you with a pram, uh, pictures of you, you know, choosing maybe a pair of socks for your baby and really sat, behave the way you would behave if you were already pregnant. That is what I would say. 
behave the way that you would behave if you were already pregnant. So don't like avoid the baby aisle in the supermarket because it's too painful. But go down there and have a look and see, oh, well, I'll get that and my baby will have this and, you know, and get excited about it. And I think that is the most important thing to do. Really, don't listen to that little voice that we all have that says, it's never going to work, it's never going to work, because that ain't helping you. That just will not help you. Wonderful words of advice. We're going to put all of the links um, to your website uh, uh, at the bottom in the show notes. Does um, Do you work only face-to-face or do because you're based in Cardiff, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, I'm based in Cardiff. I have a clinic in Cardiff, but I also do Skype sessions. And I'm just starting a Facebook group, um, Optimum Fertility with Andrea Yearsley, um, where I'm going to do quite regular Facebook lives. And I'm going to go through certain issues like, um, for example, how to tell your friends and family to back off. (laughs) (laughs) Things that people just, you know, that, that a lot of clients have kind of mentioned that they struggled with. Um, how to interpret statistics, how to choose a fertility clinic, all that kind of stuff. And and there people can ask me questions and I'll interact with them. So people can either come onto my website and contact me there or they can check me out on Facebook. Great. We'll put all the links at the bottom. Just to finish up, Andrea, those are three little questions that I always ask all of my guests. So London Heal is all about mind, body, spirit medicine. And I like to sort of embody that in the idea of health happiness and serenity so starting off with health how do you actually define health what does that word mean for you it means vitality it means the ability to have the energy to do all the things i want to do so for me health is um, a combination of mental health and and physical health Mm -hmm. and i think that completely hand in hand. I do not think you can separate them. If you see somebody that is depressed, it affects them physically. Even their posture changes. And and we, we kind of like, it all feeds back. If you walk around with your head down, you feel worse and worse and worse. If you start putting your head up, actually it's better for your body. Your organs work better and you start to feel better. So for me, health is about, it's about vitality. It's about energy. Greater. Perfect answer. And what about happiness? What does Andrea do to keep happy? Difficult with two little girls running around, although I'm sure they're a source of happiness in themselves, but what makes you happy? Connection. Connection. I think um, being connected with friends, with family, and making a difference. I feel connected into the world, plugged into the world, and that for me is super important. Great answer. Absolutely brilliant. And lastly, what about serenity? And I was saying this, this crazy, frantic world that we all live in, we're all a bit frazzled. You talk very much about how massively important stress is in the subject of fertility. But do you, as a as an individual, have a set of practices to just turn the noise down occasionally? Is there something that you do throughout your day? Is it even something you focus on just to try and get a little bit of illness, inner stillness? Yes, I journal in the mornings. That's the first thing. I journal in the mornings because that kind of just kind of clears all the rubbish and the thoughts out of your head. And when I say journal, I don't um, judge what I write. I just write whatever comes in. Even if it's completely random, I just get it out. 
Um, I like to spend time in nature. I think that connection with nature is really, really important to have a connection with nature. Um, I also like to turn my phone off, <laughs> turn the computer off and disengage from social media. Um, and, and that really helps me. And I like to meditate. Perfect. So I, have, I've, I, I like to give myself some space. And I think the biggest thing is I only ever fill my day up 60%. So what I do is I work out, if I've got tasks to do, I have a look at them and I say, okay, well, how long is each task going to, going, going to do, take? And then I fill my day up 60% because things always take longer than you think. And at the end of the day, if you've done everything that you had in your task list, you feel awesome and you don't feel under pressure. Whereas if you fill your task, your day up 100% and then anything doesn't work out right, you're running late and then you feel under pressure, you feel stressed, and then at the end of the day, you feel failed. So I give myself lots of kind of like space in between things. That's just to be and allow. Brilliant suggestion. I'm going to take it on board straight away. The 60% rule. Love it. Love it. Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I really, really appreciate it. I know you're helping a huge number of women and um, highly encourage those ladies listening to join up, come along and join your new Facebook group because I suspect that a lot of them probably just have a lot of questions and, and things. It's, it's not a subject, women's health and especially everything to do with pregnancy for all of the books out there seems to me still a little bit a land of mystery. And uh, it's a sort of an initiation that women have to go through <laughs> when they actually have a baby in the first place. You suddenly find out things you never knew about your own body because nobody ever told you before. So uh, I'm so glad there's somebody out there like you doing the wonderful work you do and supporting these ladies and all power to you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute right. pleasure is all mine. So, dear listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Andrea as much as I did. I think fertility is a big issue. And as we discussed, sometimes I think it's a little bit of a black box and a very scary place to be for a lot of women. How wonderful that there are such marvelous therapists such as Andrea who are out there ready to help you. And with her Facebook group, I'm sure an opportunity to ask all of those questions that you really want to ask and get yourself informed and in a great place to hopefully have a wonderful, happy family. So in this first episode of season two, you can see that we're back with all of the energy that we had in season one and hopefully more. We're going to be bringing you a lot more interesting subjects, great guests. I've been busy networking and finding a whole load more people, really fascinating stuff to be learning about and finding out about. And of course, we're trying to serve your needs. So if there are things that you want to know about, subjects you'd like to discuss, then please drop us a, uh, a line over at londonheal.com. And if you want to have extended podcast notes every week, extended show notes so that you don't miss a single thing, then sign up and become a London Heal Insider over at londonheal.com. And all of the links to this week's episode with the extended show notes will just drop gently into your inbox every Friday morning. So please rate, review us on iTunes, subscribe, tell all your friends and Hopefully see you back here very soon 
probably as soon as next week. And until then, as always, wishing you health, happiness and serenity. <laughs>